Well, good afternoon, everybody. Episode 142 of Playing With Perspective, the suspended animation podcast. I've got a great show all about entrepreneurship. Is it born or is it trained with Jane Mara? How are you, Jane? I'm terrific. How are you, Darren? I'm very well, Jane. Thank you so much for coming on the show. uh, I love this topic. (laughs) It's a fascinating one. Um, and, you know, in something these days, it gets a lot of traction as well. Everybody's always talking about entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship. And is it born? Yeah. Is it trained? So really looking forward to getting into this nuances of all that with you after okay. all your experience. But for everybody out there who doesn't know who Jane is, let me tell you. Jane is a published author, researcher, management consultant, and executive coach, applying the power of personal mindset to business and life challenges. As a global researcher, she recognized the power of accessing intuition deliberately to produce better insights that directly translated into higher profitability for her clients. She's highly regarded for dissemination of complex scientific knowledge into practical applications for business. She has contextualized intuitive intelligence into decision-making, resilient strategies for stress management, and to develop entrepreneurial thinking. Jane is well regarded as a speaker, facilitator and coach with the ability to communicate from one-to-one to to audiences of hundreds of people. As the founder and CEO of Expert Intuition, Jane will develop your intuition as a skill expanding personal consciousness to allow more aha moments, breakthroughs and insights to occur easily. So welcome Jane Mara. Thank you so much, Darren. Delightful to be here. Oh, thank you so much. So, Jane, I'd love to hear more about your story. I mean, why do you do what you do? How did you get into this field? Give us a little bit of the, the journey to, to where you are A bit of today. time travel. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. So where did it all start? So it started in, I first worked in advertising agencies yep. and then marketing, and then I moved into publishing. Gotcha. And... All the way through, I was very aware of my intuition and I very much worked with it. And in those industries, intuition was a really valuable tool because you had more insights, you know, they were highly creative environments. So many of those so-called aha moments. And I discovered very much that when I ignored it or, you know, disregarded it, that it was not a good outcome. So more stories about that later. So when you, you mean when you disregarded your intuition? Absolutely. Gotcha. And you do. You do. We, do. we question it or we walk away from it and we go, oh, no, that can't be right, you know. 100%. So, and often those insights occur very much when we're not at our desk. So more about that later. Yeah. So <laughs> then I studied an MBA. So I was at Macquarie Graduate School of Management. And it was all about the analysis and the data. And so to me, that was really ignoring the way that we make decisions. So we make decisions intuitively. We make decisions emotionally. Exactly. So I, at the end of that program, I conducted my own research, uh, which was published in my first book called Intuition on Demand. Mm -hmm. And I interviewed a whole range of people. I started out, Darren, wanting to interview CEOs and corporate blue chips and a lot of them wouldn't necessarily talk to me or they talked to me off the record and so I then expanded that and I started interviewing people in arts management for example I interviewed 
um, accountants, bishop, even a bishop, um, you know, people, sports people, people who'd worked in emergency services, doctors, right. yeah. for example. I also interviewed entrepreneurs. Lovely. Quite a number of them. And just out of and, interest, if I can jump in, why did the course. blue chips not want to interview, not want to be interviewed? Any? Well, here was the thing. They uh, said, uh, yeah, absolutely, I use my often called gut feeling, but I'm not going to talk to you about it and I'm not going to have it published. Gotcha. Yep. What would my board think? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Makes sense. So that was sort of an interesting one. So that's what led me into these other areas. So that's essentially what led me to entrepreneurs. Love it. So that's, um, so I launched the business in, in 2000 and I've been helping people get in touch with those essential aha moments and their intuition ever since. Oh, and on, on the way through, so I really knew that intuition could be improved and it could be trained. Yep. So it's just like a set of muscles down. It's like yep. when you go to the gym or you ride a bike or whatever that is. But in 2008, I met a very interesting academic who had researched serial entrepreneurs. So literally those people that have multiple businesses yep. uh, and he'd looked at them globally. So he'd done some significant work. And so I then started, I met with him. I started reading masses and masses and masses of academic material, yep. which led me then to a further conclusion that the way that entrepreneurs behave is quite unique. It's quite different to what, if you like, the normal, um, normal manager or um, executive yeah. and what they may do. So that led me to my own next aha, which was if you could unpack the way that entrepreneurs create their successful businesses, then you could improve that and you could train it. Love it, love it. Um, so, I mean, in your words, what is intuition then? How do you break down? How do you define intuition? Ah. <laughs> and this is where it does get very interesting because, yeah. and also we, I'd love to talk to you a bit more as we do this today about the definition of entrepreneurs, because I think sure. that's, that's an interesting one too. Definitely. I definitely want to get into that. Misinterpret it. Sure. So um, going, coming back to intuition, intuition is classically known as that moment of clarity or insight without knowing why. Uh -huh. Where it becomes even more interesting is that for each of us, we all have a dominant response. So when men, quite a lot of men that I've worked with talk about their gut feeling, that's actually yeah. quite correct. It often is a gut feeling, but there's a physiological reason because there's a nerve that runs from the brain to the gut called the vagus nerve. Yeah. So now we know a lot more about why people get depressed. And some of that, for example, is to do with what's happening in their digestive system. Oh it directly God. affects your mental ability and your mood. Right. Wow. So that's very well known now. And there's lots of stuff now I've written about gut health and how critical that is. So... Um, but intuition is a whole body experience. It's actually not just about what's happening in your head mm -hmm. because interestingly, and this is where we divert a bit in the, into the science, in the US, one of the things that um, this academic had done is he had researched and done a lot of work at the Heart Math, spelled Heart, M-A-T-H, Institute in the US. And they had discovered that the human heart and this is all scientifically white papered and so on, um, experiences an intuition five to seven seconds before the brain. Wow, okay. So when we do talk about the heart of the matter, it's really, really correct. 
And of course, now more than anything, we also know that the gut has a role to play. So intuition is a whole body experience. Gotcha. It's not and something's just happening in your head or your brain. But is it based on your experience, your life experience, or is it something um. that's separate to that? <laughs> So if you like then, if you want to go into the psychological data, they would say, yes, that there's expert intuition and that involves a lot of superior pattern recognition. Mm -hmm. And certainly that has a role to play. And if you talk to any professional or anyone who is incredibly skilled, that could be a tennis player, yeah. um, you know, they have some expert knowledge that they've built over time. They know and they've had experience in developing their game and developing a response. Yep. So part of that is, and that part of it is in the brain, but there's far more to it than that. Wow, it's a fascinating subject. I mean, oh, it's amazing. Just touching the to go on for a hundred years here. Wow, awesome. <laughs> so you have to stop me. <laughs> no, this is great. I mean, and so now we touched on this before. Mm -hmm. I mean, before we get into what makes entrepreneurs successful, let's mm -hmm. define entrepreneurship, as you mentioned. You'd like to exactly, do. exactly, because my second book was specifically about this and it was called think like an entrepreneur the mindset of success so the literal meaning i'm sure well, you may know this darren of an entrepreneur comes from a french word meaning to undertake yes perfect so uh, therefore entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs are often uh, misinterpreted by or other terms or definitions are used you know startups you know, the fact that you've got a business, you know, people yeah. now are called entrepreneurs. Often, though, I quite like the way the Harvard professor, Joseph Schrumpter, talks about it. He says entrepreneurs change the pattern of production by combining elements in new ways. They are, in this sense, innovators. Wow. So they're and innovators, I, really. Yeah. And I don't think that you can separate that because, you know, entrepreneurship, if you like, is the, is the behavior. But what comes out of that is the innovation. Yep. Love yeah. it. So it's not just undertaking a task, it's innovating. It's innovating because when you think about many of the greatest entrepreneurs and visionaries in the world today and in, and in past history, what they've done is be able to look at and see a different approach, a different way of doing things. Yeah. So it, not, it may not be something entirely new, but it might be, oh, well, if we do this with it and that with it, and then we create something else. Gotcha. Love it. Love it. Fantastic. And so then let's jump into the topic of entrepreneurship, which I just is fascinated. Mm, I'm fascinated by these years. And these days, everybody's an entrepreneur. Everybody's doing so many things. We've all got so many side hustles as well. Mm, mm. So what makes an entrepreneur successful these days? What traits do they need? Oh, yes. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Um, well, okay. So one of the other things that I do is I use an assessment tool um, and that helps me to look at how entrepreneurial yep. or intuitive thinking you are versus right. how analytic. And it's a very interesting one because coming back to you, the subject that you've uh, chosen today about nature or nurture, yep. born or trained, you know, not surprisingly, in working with this particular assessment tool that is actually an academic one, um, many people who are in fields like, for example, finance and analysts and so on, yeah. clearly are much more analytic because that's where they sit on this scale, if you yes. like, that the Cognitive Styles Index looks at into. But however, 
when you're entrepreneurial and intuitive, it's very obvious and the sort of questions in this scale that um, are asked. And one of them relates, not surprisingly, to risk taking. Uh-huh. So entrepreneurs are quite comfortable with risk. And that's been written about quite a few times. So, you know, and they're also quite comfortable with uncertainty. So it's a great time to be an entrepreneur when you think about the level of uncertainty that we've had and are are still experiencing in our world today. (laughs) That's for sure. Absolutely. And And it's almost forced us to bring out our entrepreneurial spirit by necessity. Absolutely. And I'm pleased to read because I, I spend a lot of time looking at what startups are doing and what's happening in this world of technology, particularly because I have a great interest in that. Um, But I'm fascinated that this, um, that there's a lot more venture capital around. Women are receiving a lot more uh, capital raising than before and so on. So there's a huge amount of entrepreneurial activity going on um, despite supposed, you know, economies that are not doing so well. And I'm not just talking about Australia. Yeah, absolutely. Fascinating. So in terms of entrepreneurship then, I mean, have you got any particular traits or skills or um, behaviours that, you know, people, that everybody fell into that category shared? Is anything that really uh, people understand, okay, these kind of traits are needed to be a successful entrepreneur or is it very subjective? Uh, no, it's, uh, there are certain traits and one of them is that entrepreneurs are highly intuitive. Mm-hmm. Okay, so coming back to that whole issue gotcha. again. How did I know so, you were going to say that? <laughs> <laughs> so, and the reasons for that. So think about it this way, Darren, too. So 95% of our awareness is beyond our conscious mind. Yep. Okay, so you know the, the thing about you might get into your car if you're driving somewhere and you start the engine and you take off and it might be somewhere that you hope you've been before yep. and you suddenly arrive there and you think, oh, what happened? How did I get here? So that's the difference that I'm talking about, conscious and subconscious and unconscious, you're actually asleep, so we won't go there. Let's talk about the subconscious mind. But that subconscious mind is what drives our behaviours. And that's, so I'm answering this in a bit of a long way around, if you like. But those behaviours are a result of a whole lot of factors. So think about it like the iceberg. So, you know, beliefs, values, education, our environment, societal norms and so on, all make up that above the line, if you like, part of the iceberg. The below the line are all the other things that are happening unconsciously to us in that subconscious area. So intuition and insights and those capabilities are there what, they, what happens is they don't always emerge and they don't always emerge at the time what we expect them to. So right. I'm going to ask you a question. Have you sure. ever had the experience of either waking up early in the morning or maybe going for a walk or, you know, do, undertaking some sort of sport, something that isn't your normal, say, work practice, and you find that you get the answer to a problem that you might have been having? Yeah, funny you should say that. I do that. I get that all the time. And I don't know whether this is in line with, you know, where you're going, but this might be interesting as well to analyze is I actually um, schedule that kind of time into my day to access my subconscious mind in a way. Yeah. So for example, I, I know that if I take a drive and I always drive the same route from where I live from in Rose Bay in Sydney, all the way around the coast to La Perouse and I come back. And I usually, sometimes I put music on, sometimes I don't. 
but I drive just to the sake of just relaxing and freeing my mind and not thinking about anything in particular. But mm. I always and I let my mind wander. But I always know that when I do that, I come back with all this gold. Yeah. And it's almost like I'm scheduling in that access to my subconscious mind because I'm removing myself from my normal routine. And that's a great thing to do. And that's exactly what's happening. But there's other physio physiological reasons for this. So, so just to talk about the brain for a minute, we, get, you know, we cycle through different brainwave patterns mm -hmm. all through the day. Yep. So in doing that, I call, you know, the, the beta wave that we're in now, which is the highest level operating brainwave um, in this sort of environment. I'll talk about gamma in a minute. But um, beta waves occur when we're doing something quite active like this. We're engaging, we're talking, we're involved and so on. Gotcha. If you drop slightly below that, thinking about, you know, more relaxed states, as you're describing, like, you know, driving, maybe walking, I often find going for a walk is a fantastic way. If I can't get through a problem or an issue, yeah. I get right. I've got to go for a walk now. That's it. I know, isn't it fabulous? Always the way. Yeah. Because again, your brainwave patterns are dropping to a more relaxed alpha state. Yeah. Now then you're going more into a theta state and uh -huh. these, these periods of uh, changing brainwave patterns happen throughout the day and the evening, of course. Going to sleep, you go into deep delta, hopefully, to gotcha. really have those wonderful dreams. And in the morning, when you're just coming out of it, you're going through these cycles again. So we're continuously cycling. So when you understand how that works, you can work with it very consciously. Gotcha. And you can actually take those timeout periods, if you like, those pause and reset to get in touch with those brainwaves. Gotcha, because you and know what it, states you might be in at certain times of the day. Exactly, well. and you know your own patterns, and mm. there are some other thing, uh, some other research around that. And so this mm. is one of the ways in which I work with people is to show them how to access those patterns when, because each of us is individual. Yep. Because it relates to also when, you know, you might get up at five or I might get up at six and so on. So you're cycling through the day in very distinct cycles. So oh, it's wow. about tracking those things. Fair it's fair. also about, you know, you're asking about attributes, finding out the best way that your intuition communicates with you. And it mm -hmm. does. So I liken it to a persona and uh, as, as somebody that has a very active role in your life. You know? Absolutely. So, <laughs> And in that way, you can address it because, but again, you need to know how to ask the question, gotcha. the right questions. Okay. Gotcha. So what would be an example or a few different examples of how your intuition would be talking to you? Well, okay. So I must say one other thing about that, and I will answer that, is sure. that um, your intuition is always positive. It's not telling you negative things. Right. It's characterized by positive messaging. Okay. I like that. Okay. Now that's not to say, and there's been many experiences of people saying, I just knew that was going to happen, that car accident, whatever. And those things do happen. Mm -hmm. And it's, but it's not saying don't go there. It's actually, you know, don't walk around that corner because you might be, somebody might come and run you over. Yep. So it's characterized by positive messages and positive um, actions that you can take. But it's when we ignore those messages, I believe that that's when we get into strife. So we often ignore it. We might take another direction. Right. Okay. So that's so, the first mm. thing to look out for. So your intuition is going to continue to knock on the door, if you like, until you positive outcomes to alert you to those potential positive outcomes. But uh, when you ignore it, something else could happen. Gotcha. So you're saying in a way that our intuition, if it's pure, 
is really the right way to go. It's just that we don't sometimes recognize it. Exactly, because it doesn't take the same route as logic. Uh -huh. Okay, so it might show up as a color. It might show up as a smell. Mm. I had a woman who had a distinct mm. odor mm. when she had to be alert to certain situations in, you know, say in a business meeting or whatever. I had another person who had, um, you know, a, a, an itch on the top of the head. <laughs> and I had another client. And that was the... That was the that was, that was their dominant her, response. Yeah. That's how different it can be. Mm -hmm. I had a client in Melbourne and all of his intuitions at that point were arriving to him in his dreams. And he just said, oh, I'm just dreaming it, you know. And he had this new boss and he wasn't communicating very well with her. He felt it wasn't going terribly well. And that was going to be a challenge for him oh, in wow. his role. And when we started to actually work with what was happening with his dreams and yeah. the messages that were coming, then he knew how to communicate with her and he developed the best ever relationship. Amazing. Isn't that amazing? So it's all different ways. So one of the first things I do is I start to, by unpacking somebody's intuitive dominant response. Yep. yep. Wow. Mm. That's phenomenal. I love that. But again, yeah. it's so important to know. I mean, we could be going our whole lives not realizing what our intuition is telling us because we don't know how to communicate with it. And because how it communicates also, with us. Darren, there's so much noise in our life mm. and there's so much 24-7. Right. We know now that attention spans are decreasing even more. Oh, so before we used to be able to, the statistics said five to seven um, different things in conscious memory mm -hmm. or in the conscious mind. Now that's down to like three to five and that's I right. suspect less mm. because the more stress, and this is an important part about it, and this is why I got into really understanding stress, and resilience the more stress that you're under your intuition will will take a hike when you're under wow, stress okay it's wow. not there because okay. and the other important barrier is fear mm -hmm. if you're fearful about an outcome again your intuition won't be very pleasant fascinating fascinating so you almost scare it away yeah yeah okay so again it's being able to come back to your essential center and know what that is and how to engage with that. So I, you know, I, I teach meditation if people are interested in that, but I teach them more than that. I teach them some simple relaxation techniques. Right. Love it. So this is an interesting point. So entrepreneurs obviously have a very high level awareness of their intuition and how it's, and how it's communicating with them, whether yeah. that's, um, natural or whether they've learned to, to to hear it and there's more of course yeah. <laughs> as there always is, there always is. <laughs> so the first step that the intuition might give you is an idea or an opportunity mm -hmm. but that's not always as we know you've got to then bring in you know well okay we'll do the analysis what's yeah. happening in the market is there reason. a need yeah. yeah so you've got to do all the i'm not saying throw away the analysis mm -hmm. what i'm saying is work deliberately and consciously with both gotcha yep so it's about that combination so yeah. knowing that we have this physiological response knowing that the heart remember what i was saying earlier about five to seven seconds mm -hmm. perceives an intuition before the brain then you know that you can actually then engage with that and there are some ways to do that so one of the other things that um, Professor Murray Gillen did in his research was that he looked at deliberately seeing what made entrepreneurs really different in this, in this way that they were making decisions. And then they did a series of tests. 
with them over in Cambridge. He was working at Cambridge at the time. And Cambridge was then a sleepy university town. This is some years ago, I have to say. Yeah. But they developed, if you like, a startup community. And they wanted to attract more than just tourism dollars into the area. So yeah. they had about 50 high tech companies at this point with about 2000 employees. And it became one of the best universities at that time for developing new knowledge mm -hmm. and commercialization. So, um, and it created a major contribution at that point to the UK economy. So approximately improving GDP by $7.6 billion. Wow. Yeah. So um, that was to do with encouraging entrepreneurship and that whole community and the ability to help them, you know, get their um, innovations off the ground. Perfect. Gotcha. Makes and, sense. Yeah. And then also they did a lot of testing of, you know, uh, what was going on with them. And clearly what was happening was very, very powerful intuition. Wowie. Unbelievable. And mm. so then in terms of, you know, that whole topic of entrepreneurship, born or trained, if we bring it all back to that. <laughs> yes. Can we, how well, because you mentioned earlier that we can, that you can teach people to, you know, listen to their intuition and strengthen that intuition as a muscle. Mm -hmm. I mean, how well can we really do that as opposed to those people who are born with a self-awareness around their intuition and understanding how it communicates with them? Well, I believe, and I've seen it, that everyone can have an improvement, whether you're already highly intuitive and entrepreneurial. Now, for example, I, I did some work a number of years ago with a large financial services group in Sydney. Right. And one of the first things I did was I looked at, you know, their, their cognitive style. What was, the, what was the way they were making decisions? I had one particular woman in this group and she was very senior and she had a, um, a score that would tell me that she is, was very entrepreneurial intuitive and she yeah. was and she yeah. she come from a very different background to finance she'd actually come from a, a nursing background um, and then had moved through that into investment and got into healthcare management and so on and done some further studies so even with somebody like as she was very intuitive very entrepreneurial I mean we improved her score so I had people ranging from as I said like analysts you know who obviously had certain scores that perhaps didn't shift as much. So it does depend on your starting point. Gotcha. But again, it's a willingness to engage in this. But there's some other things I must mention here that are important because sure. one of the things that entrepreneurs do particularly well, and this was borne out by all this research and in, this, in my latest book, is that entrepreneurs share an ability to be able to attune, if you like, to a global, call it collective field of knowledge. Okay, and there's a certain way that they do this. Now, now I'm getting more into quantum physics, and that's a lot about you know what this yep. this metaphysical world. I love it. Yep. Yeah, so we're in metaphysics now. So as Murray had, I'm just quoting from this particular research paper. It's the bio-emotional attunement. This is, gets a bit dense. I'm sorry. To an order of energetically encoded quantum holographic information beyond space and time. Yep that provides access to the rationality of implicit potentials and that sets them apart from other business actors. Wow, okay. Yeah? Okay. That's a bit dense, I know. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So there's a lot more going on than what you necessarily think. So Absolutely. the more that an entrepreneur 
maintains what's called our coherent, if you like, attention to the opportunity, yep. the, their idea, the greater the level of intuitive foreknowledge and the greater they are likely to attract this potential and yeah. create it. Think about out there sort of creating a cake, if you like, yeah. cake mix. Love it, love it. Okay, so and it's that well, coherent you, form. Perfect. Yeah. And, and the more you um, act in an entrepreneurial way, exercises that intuitive muscle. Absolutely. And you become better and faster at accessing that and communicating it and making decisions based on your intuition rather than, you know, hiding or running away from your intuition. So going back to the heart-brain connection again, this is where it got super interesting for me. So it's been shown that people that have a coherent heart rhythm, now coherence being this more relaxed, if you like, state of mind as well, they've got more alpha brainwave patterns. So, yes, it is the more you use it, the more you improve it. Wow. So that is something that clearly entrepreneurs know how to do. Yeah. Amazing. So then, so that's one of the other things that there are some techniques and tools that I've developed over this time to be able to help people access that easily. Okay, amazing. And so, tell us a bit more about how you actually work with people. What do you work in groups? Do you work one on one? I do what both. Type of industries? Yeah. I do both. Oh, look, I've done. Oh gosh, <laughs> I've taught hundreds of people these tools and techniques. So I've done that from the basis of I've done it as one on one coaching. Yep. I've done it in groups of people, as I mentioned. You know, everything financial services, professional services, a lot of work in the corporate arena, um, in C suite executives. Um, I've worked with entrepreneurs specifically i've worked with startups i've had some great experiences with and lots of fun with that and i keep a very active presence in that area um and i've worked with technologists so because you know technologists and people building these wonderful innovations can be highly highly intuitive you know we often want to put people in a box and say oh you know he's a he's a guru it you know, person, um, but, you know, they have to be highly intuitive. And if you think about it, scientists, you know, when they're first exploring a hypothesis, yep. where does that come from? Yeah. True. They then have to go and prove it in the same way that a mathematician does. Mm-hmm. Well, it comes from their intuition. Yeah, It comes from their intuition. Yeah. And and where does creativity fit into this? I mean, I always, <laughs> I always entrepreneurship and creativity are also linked. They are, absolutely, because... Um, creativity again is more of an outcome of being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. in the same way that innovation is the same true yeah it's makes, an sense. Yep. makes sense yeah wow all right awesome so jane i would love to hear a, a story or maybe a, a case study of sure. how you might have helped a particular person or might have helped a group of people really strengthen their uh, intuition and become better entrepreneurs i'd love to take us through that journey Mm, absolutely um and i know that you um asked the question about you know also um several case studies but um there are masses of them all around us like steve jobs for example i mean he was an absolute visionary and that's well known he was also apparently reputedly difficult to work with yeah yeah, yeah. but that's because he remember this that we were talking earlier about you know the ability to see far and beyond so to see the entire pattern so coming back to that question, uh, entrepreneurs can be difficult. Yep. 
So the particular woman I was mentioning in this group, in the financial services group, she used to get enormously frustrated with some of the people she worked with because she had the ability to see from where we were, you know, this day to exactly where you wanted the end outcome, the end result. It's like a chess player that already can see the end of the game in six minutes. Exactly. And everybody else is just playing with a pawn. Exactly. And, you know, that's also been shown too, that grand chess masters can be highly intuitive. So so she'd get enormously frustrated. And this is the thing about taking people with you. And Steve Jobs, again, was reputedly, you know, really, really difficult. He, he had very high standards and it had to be a certain way. And if, yep. if people didn't get that, he didn't suffer anybody very well. Yeah. He didn't suffer most <laughs> gladly. So, right. you know, again, it's that ability to take people on the journey with you and recognise that because entrepreneurs are so big picture and so intuitive, um, people other people that are working with them that may be much more analytic have to actually fill in the holes and the boxes and get the, the other bits right gotcha. so yeah gotcha. it's about communication it yeah. essentially comes down to that so you understanding that- who you are as a person to start with yep perfect and are you saying that good entrepreneurs are good leaders they can take people on a journey with them or not always the case? Uh, they're not always good leaders no yeah unfortunately and that's something they have to go and learn Um, And, you know, again, even in Australia, um, Alassian, you know, I I remember reading an article about, um, and his name escapes me, but you know who I'm talking about, one of the co-founders. And Uh, he said, when we started our business, you know, he said he didn't know what a HR person was or what they did or any of those things. Mm -hmm. So you have to surround yourself with the right people. You have to have the right advisors, the right mentors, the right, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. So really an entrepreneur also has to understand where, his or her weaknesses are and absolutely fill them so he can take everybody on that journey. Yeah. Or she can. Yeah. yeah. I worked with a very uh, terrific guy, young entrepreneur. He came from a background, nothing to do with what he what his business was about. He was actually a sound recordist in film. Oh, wow. And but he had a great interest in fitness. And I wrote about him in my latest book. But Daniel um, started a he saw a need in the market again this is about interrupting the pattern of things and seeing a different way of doing it so he was actually training as a fitness um, guru at one of the major groups and he was constantly being asked by his clients well what do I do about my diet and what do I do about this and how do I not feel so tired and all those things so he saw a need to put together a, um, a facility because he was based in Sydney CBD mm-hmm. that would allow people to come and source great, you know, not just fitness training and also all the other support allied services around that, including medical, um, you know, great doctors and all of that. So he put together one of the first integrative clinics yeah. and he sold it into large corporates so that they had a membership and then they could send their people along for that. And then, you know, the the employees paid a certain amount towards what they were um, consulting, who they were consulting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he started this whole thing from scratch. Now, he had no business background. Right. So he was having to do everything from find the premises, outfit it, sign a long-term lease, get the money together. Yep. That was the other thing. As he said to me, the three Fs, I said, who are the three Fs? He said, family, fools and friends. <laughs> <laughs> And then as it grew, you know, there had to be governance. There had to be, because it was a health business, that's the other issue about that, Uh, a lot of process, a lot of things. So I helped him with the whole um, parts of that, also including a bit of brand and marketing. But um, 
you know, he was very intuitive and he was able to follow his own intuition to help him build that and get the right support because inevitably then they decided to do a capital raising because he was going to expand into other markets because his clients were asking for that. And, you know, there was a board and there were financials and there was a lot of rigour uh, around that, particularly putting through that whole investment process. Yeah. So Fascinating. Yeah. And he I had also... to find out his own strengths and weaknesses. But the, the difficulty, that, that what was interesting about this particular story was that he actually, as somebody who was very healthy and was really fit and all of that, and he was only in his early 30s at the time, he had a complete physical and mental, not mental so much, let's say, physical breakdown. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's and it was the stress. Hard. It was pushing way too hard. And he pushed himself too hard. That's the other thing about entrepreneurs. Yeah. They have to know their boundaries. Um, I'm sure you've read, Darren, a lot of what's been said about, you know, the startup culture and the 24-7. And I've written about this and said, you know, you can have all the breakout areas in the world and pool tables and, and beer on tap, but that's not going to do it, you know? Yep. yep. And the other thing that's fascinating about entrepreneurs is they have a tendency to be control freaks and not delegate as much and i suppose that it makes sense after today's conversation because yeah. a lot of what they do is intuitive they it's hard to actually translate or teach someone else to do it yeah and they don't always trust if they you mm. know it's the old thing too about if you've had to build it up from scratch and it's your money often you know it's not anybody else's money and you put all that in and you yeah. put in all your effort and yeah it's hard to let that go yeah, yeah. and also to take on board that advice that's just so needed. Yep. And sometimes it's staring you in the face, but you just can't see it. Yeah. Exactly. And if you want to grow and expand, you can't do that alone. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, Jane, that's been absolutely sensational. I mean, we could talk forever about this been stuff. Helpful. <laughs> absolutely. We've broken down some really big stuff here. There is some big stuff in there. <laughs> absolutely. You know, I think it's, yeah. it's really amazing and, and really nice way to break down and discuss entrepreneurship in a, in a much deeper way than it normally is discussed. Yeah, I have to tell you the good outcome about the fellow I was talking about is that he, the result was after he got through his health crisis, he found new ways to operate. Gotcha. So he took up yoga, he took up meditation, he found different ways of managing his life. He moved nice. to Bali, the last I heard. Oh, wow. He was still involved in the business, but he started a, a couple of online businesses in Bali with his girlfriend. So oh, again, around health. Yep. So, um, yeah, but, you know, he really got a great personal understanding of what some of the pressure that some of his clients were going through. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And so, Jane, if people want to find you to discuss, yep. you know, working with you, what's the best way to do that? Well, the website, um, three W's, Jane Mara, J-A-N-E-M-A-R-A.com. Lovely. And can you obviously that well? way. Sorry? Uh, you on LinkedIn as well or Facebook? I'm on LinkedIn, absolutely. I'm not, I have to say, Darren, I'm not a big Facebook fan. <laughs> I am there, but I don't really have a presence. And frankly, I, having worked in media in the yep. past in publishing, I totally agree with the stance the Australian government is taking. Fair enough, yep. On that uh, particular media vehicle, yeah. <laughs> well, we can. That's a whole other podcast episode. That's a whole other story. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But Jane, I mean, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, and I've really enjoyed breaking down entrepreneurship, intuition, creativity. You know, the different traits that we need. Um, you know, it's been fascinating, and you know, certainly, you know, given us a lot of food for thought, and you know, we can really help a lot of people with this podcast episode that are in right. business and, and, you know, just in life as well. 
And also look out for Think Like an Entrepreneur. It's available through my website or through Booktopia. Love it. You know, and that's your book, Think Like yes, an Entrepreneur. Yes, that's my book. Right. Um, they have that one uh, both as an e-book as well. And it's on all the other platforms. Okay, beautiful. I'll get you to send so me a link. I, and we can yeah, I like to um, promote the Booktopia people because they're terrific. And sure, he did a lovely podcast with me about 18 months ago. Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll make sure that we put that link in the show notes too. That'd be great. Okay. Awesome. Let me know if you need anything more, if you'd like anything more Beautiful. as a follow-up. Lovely. And so everybody out there, I hope you've had a great um, episode, 142. I've certainly enjoyed my conversation with Jane Mara, all about entrepreneurship. So check it out. Tell all your friends. And if you love the podcast, we'd love a review, um, preferably five stars, of course. <laughs> but um, Jane, thanks once again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, everybody out there will be back again very soon for another episode of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast. Bye for now. Fabulous. Thanks, Darren.